Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hi, friends. This is Jamie, your host of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm really glad you're here with us today. We have a great show in store for you. If you missed Wednesday's show, go back and listen to it. My friend Justin was on talking about habits and how they change us and how they're important in our lives. And if you want to join us next week, next Wednesday, my friends, Dr. Russell Moore and Beth Moore are joining me. But today is Taylor Tippett. Taylor is the author of a book called Words from the Window Seat. And I received it last year and read it. And I really loved the conversation that she had throughout that book. Taylor says on the interview today, she says, when we can love people and not understand them. It allows so much freedom. And today on this conversation, we talk about entering into people's story in a unique way and how she does that as being a flight attendant. She calls being and playing her church because she doesn't always feel like she had a place in church. She wants to be present in the season that she's in. I really think you're going to find encouragement in today's episode with Taylor. And if you want even more encouragement, go check out her book, Words from the Window Seat, and follow her on all the places online because she is such a joy to follow. You guys, speaking of following, I'd love to meet you over on Instagram or YouTube, which is where I spend most of my time. You can find me there on Instagram at Jamie Ivy. I'd love to meet you and be your friend there. Or you can find me on YouTube. It is jamieivy.com slash YouTube. We got tons of great videos over there for you. All right, y'all, here's my conversation with Taylor. Taylor, welcome to the happy hour. Hello. This is really fun. Uh, you and I have connected on Instagram, which is where people connect these days, I guess. Or TikTok. You were just telling me before we started about TikTok. And does TikTok have handles? They do. Yeah. It's a traveling lady. So I know, I know you got to get with it, but they have handles. You have paid, like, it's just the same thing except it's all video. Listen, 2022 might be my year. I believe in you. To get on the TikTok. And that's how old I am because I say the TikTok and the Instagram, (laughs) you know, those kind of things. But welcome to the happy hour. I'm so glad to chat with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so stoked. Well, this is exciting because you are a flight attendant. That's the correct word, right? Yep. Stewardess. Yeah, I know. Old school. It's okay. I don't get offended. You you don't get offended. Okay. No. You're a flight attendant. And I will say flight attendant has never really been on my like, oh, when I grow up, I want to. But when I was in my 20s, there was a part of me that was like, you know what the coolest job in the world would be is to be a flight attendant because you can go anywhere and everywhere all the time. Is that true? Yeah, it is. I mean, even if the flight's full, we get to get on like the jump seat, which is where, you know, when you take off and land, the flight attendants are on like the little like foldable things. So even if the flight's full and the jump seat's there, we can get on the jump seat and just go anywhere. So it's pretty great. I love it so much. Well, you released a book last year in 2021, Words from the Window Seat. And this caught my attention. And I had seen you talk about this online a little bit of because of your job as a flight attendant, you really had this opportunity to kind of enter into people's lives in this, I would say, unusual way. I mean, you know, I travel a lot and I am kind of the person who doesn't really interact with people when I travel, you know, like I just kind of like put my headphones (laughs) and do my thing. But you really get to like enter into people's lives in this unusual way. And in fact, I was on a flight recently and I thought of you, Taylor, because I had already read your book and I was on a flight and it was a small plane. So there were two seats on one side and one on the other, right? And I'm just a couple of rows back. And the flight attendant talks to this woman that's in the very front row, the very front seat for almost the entire time. I see her lean down and hug her. The woman is crying. And I sat there and I thought, 
this flight attendant has entered into this woman's story in like the most unique way. And you do that in your book. And that's why I thought of you when I saw this interaction happen, because I remembered your story. So I would love to just hear from you about like, what has been your experience as a flight attendant to really be able to enter into people's stories in this very unique way? Yeah, I think that that's a really cool way to like look at my job, you know, because I feel like, at least for me, I don't know, I'm a very like magical, whimsical person, but being on a plane is, I mean, I call it my church, you know, like it's just so unique and special and like, you know, whimsical and you get to like look out the window and write songs in your notes and have mental breakdowns and breakthroughs. I feel like that's been my experience anytime I travel somewhere. So to be in a position to like make a tiny, like a big like that, you know, where you can like completely. And I've had those moments where I, you know, somebody asked to hang up a suit and they're going to a funeral, you know, you find out, or you're talking to somebody at the front row who's by themselves, who just got dumped and is like going on their wedding trip by themselves, you know, like I've had those moments and they're so special, but it's also so cool that like, even, you know, just being kind to somebody who has been through like all these steps at the airport security, the gate agent, and like had a horrible day. And then I can just be nice, literally like an infectious just through acting like what you want to drink. That's just so cool that I have such a big role and also a small role. Like even if it's the tiniest thing to like impact somebody's day or honestly a life, it's really, really special. And I feel really privileged that I get to do it in such a like romanticized, unique way, you know? You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking this isn't just because you're like a flight attendant and something's really amazing about you. But like, what if we all looked at our jobs as like, this is our church. This is how we get to interact with people. I feel like it would change the way we entered into society. You know what I mean? Like you could easily step on that plane because that's your job and just look at it as a job and like, oh, I have to do this. I have to get this person this drink. This person's rude. I hate all this. But to just change your mindset, is that something that you intentionally did because you've seen the opposite Did you ever struggle with like just kind of walking through life mundane with not even thinking about it? Like, how did you get to say my job? I'm going to see this as church. Where did that come from for you? You know, I think it's so funny because like saying the opposite way, like, oh, this is my job. They're mean. Like I have those days. Like I am not, you know, there's been articles where I'm like the world's nicest flight attendant. Like I have my days where (laughs) I'm not nice, you know, and where I am like that. And it's something I always like keep myself in check. And also, you know, I'm a human being who's growing. I also have experienced so much different like things in my life while at work. And I'm not always like this bubbly, like beautiful, the kindest person ever, you know, but I will say that I think that that, you know, stemmed from viewing like work as my church, honestly, because of like my own personal relationship with Jesus and like my faith and feeling like I didn't have a spot at church and not really like seeing myself in a church. And like, you know, I feel like I took my own personal life and, you know, job because also I can't always go to church. I'm flying on Sunday on small group on Thursday. I could do one or the other and neither. And so it was like, I want to be like, you know, somebody who makes a difference and like can help people like find love in Jesus. And I feel like such a beautiful way in a way that sometimes like religion and church misses is like through your normal life. Like Mm. church is awesome. Small groups. Awesome. Like being a leader and like a greeter is awesome, but that's not for everybody. And also with my life, it just, it couldn't be for me. Yeah. So I just wanted, you know, to find a way to feel like I was important and like 
a leader and doing something really special with my life and what I had in front of me. And so I turned work into church and time with Jesus and, you know, like having breakthroughs and breakdowns up in the sky because I couldn't, you know, do it on the ground or I was trying to like catch up when I was home. So I feel like it was more of making something, you know, mine in a place that was like very, you know, it's just magical up there. Mm -hmm. And I think I just made the decision because I couldn't, you know, do it anywhere else. And I feel like that's kind of where it stemmed from, you know? I love that. One of the things that you do in your book is you walk through, you know, it's called Words from the Window Seat and you would leave little notes on the window. Can you tell us how this started and what that was about? Yeah, it honestly started. It's been a like, I've been doing it for a long time, but back in 2014, I was going through a really hard time. I was not in a good spot. I was not a healthy person and I was not in healthy relationships because, you know, we become like the things we love and when we don't love healthy, good things, we're not healthy, good people. So I was flying one morning and just like journaling and like working through, you know, having one of those breakdowns and also breakthroughs. And so I just wrote a journal entry about how I wanted to be kind to others. I needed to be kind to myself. And I was like looking out the window, you know, romanticizing and I, you know, put my journal away. And when I put my journal away, I saw this like little 99 cent notebook that I got from an instructor at graduation. I got a little goodie bag and I was like, what if I like I don't know, you know, like I just got my wheels turning and I was like, what if I like did something here? You know, at the time back in 2014, like there was Instameets and you were hanging out and meeting all these different types of people from Instagram. And so I was just like, what if I use my platform to like share what I was going through in a way that was so unique to me and aviation, I'm obsessed with aviation and my job. And so I was like, let me write, be kind to yourself on a piece of paper and hang it up and leave it for somebody else to find as like a, you know, pay it forward moment. I'm a very big believer in like, if I see like something on the ground and it's like, oh my gosh, it's for me. And so I wanted to give a stranger the opportunity to like have that moment, you know, like if it was meant for the right person. And so I wrote it on a piece of paper, be kind to yourself, hung it up and took a picture to share my Instagram. And then I left it for, you know, whoever was supposed to have it to find it. And that's kind of how it started. And I was like, what if I made this a thing? And it turned into a photo series project. And so every time I left a random note for a stranger, I would take a picture first and share it on my social media. And then I would leave it. So are you still doing that today? I do. Yeah. I don't do it as often because I've been doing it for so long. And I really (laughs) feel like I don't like Google Pinterest quotes. It's like something I learn or somebody tells me like I'm flying with or as I'm traveling. And so it's like very unique. And I feel like this time in my life has been like all these things I've been working on for the past, you know, six years has finally, it's like here. And so that's been my focus more as, you know, I don't know. I feel like I've just like really have come home to myself. Mm. And so it's not that I'm not learning anything, but I'm just like here. And so it's not so much like, you know, all these like things coming through. So yeah, that's why I've been doing it as much, but I still do it. I love that. You know, recently on another podcast episode that just aired a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with Levi Lesko and he was talking about some mental health and panic attacks that he was walking Mm -hmm. through. And he talked about how when he opened up to his friends, like the way that they loved him and cared for him. And there's a story in your book that I was particularly drawn to about a man that was in your section that you were working with. And his name was Winston. And you kind of had a moment with him where you got to be the person to say me too. And I think that's really important for us um, as humans humans, as followers of Jesus, to be able to say, you're not alone, like me too. And so can you tell us about that story with Winston? 
I'm literally tearing up. I just like picture him. In I kind of teared up he myself was, and I just read the story. He was so sweet. Yeah, there's just this old man that was like kind of freaking out. And you just like, I'm the type of person in my gut, I just know, but also as a flight attendant, you just know. You can see somebody and be like, okay, I know exactly wow. what. And so I, I saw him and it wasn't like he was like freaking out or anything, but I could kind of tell he was uncomfortable. And then he ended up coming to the back of the plane and was like in the bathroom, but like had the door open and then it wasn't locked. And we were like, are you okay? You know, are you okay? And he was in the middle of having a panic attack because he was nervous to sit at the window seat. And that was a seat. And he tried his best and he made it as long as he could. And he was in the back, you know, just having a freak out moment. And he, I ended up talking to him and sharing with him about how I struggle with anxiety and panic attacks and I get it. And like, what can we do, you know? And so we decided that we were going to move the lady on the aisle to the window and he would take the aisle so he would be okay for landing. And so I went out to go talk to her, you know, and I'm telling her. And then all of a sudden he's like in the back, like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, so I go back. I'm like, what? Are you okay? And he was like, no, you know, I have to do this. Like I have to face my fear of already, I took off in the window seat. Like I can make it, I can do it. And so he just is sitting on the toilet telling me all this stuff. Like he was, you know, he wasn't going to the bathroom or anything. Yeah. He was just sitting there, you know, having his moment. And he was just so sweet. And so we ended up, he walked up to the front and got in his window seat and he landed there and he got off and was so happy. And it was just so heartfelt and he was so cute. I just picture him now in the back. Yeah, it was really, really special. And I think that, you know, why I love vulnerability and I'm very open with my mental health. I have been. And I think that when we do that, it's cool because these days it's like, normalized, you know, before it was kind of like, Ooh, maybe, you know, but I feel like as time has gone by, like even with the me too moment, like people are just speaking up and sharing things. And like, it helps people that also struggle with it, that are too scared, like to say anything, like feel understood. Like there's nothing more special than feeling seen and understood, you know? And the more I've shared and opened up and like even stories like that, like maybe me, you know, telling him that I, like, I literally said panic attacks and anxiety and people don't just usually be like, Hey, I struggle with that, you know, like, and maybe that helped him, you know, mm -hmm. and you never know too, with what you share, like how it can truly affect and help somebody going through something because that's like not an easy thing to go through, you know, especially like even people who like love Jesus, like it is a taboo thing. You're not supposed to do it, you know, but yeah. you are, you know? And so, yeah, I just really believe like our me too's are really powerful and we have no idea how much they can impact and affect other people. It's so true. When you see that happen, like you did with this man on your flight and you're the person that experiences this and you are the one that gets to say me too, it almost gives you this is not a well thought out thought I'm about to say, but it also gives you a little bit more power too yeah. over that thing because you're able to say like, this doesn't have control of me. I actually get to say, man, I struggle with this too. And together, like we can yeah. do this because it's not going to rule our lives, whatever that might be. I experienced that when I wrote my very first book and talked about pornography with yeah. women. I mean, that's just like everyone was coming out saying, wow, I'm so thankful that you said this because no one's talking about it. Yeah. Did I enjoy writing that? No, I still to this day, like kind of cringe a little bit, but it's worth it because yeah. people get to go, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not a freak. There's not, I'm not that one yeah. person that is doing something that nobody else in the whole world is doing. And so it really has a lot of power. And I love that you shared that. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. 
Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I want to switch gears a little bit. And you mentioned this. I don't know if that's what you were leading to about being in a bad relationship. And we have this in common. I called off a, a wedding oh, wow. many, many years ago now. I've been married, yeah. for but a long time ago. But that is also something that is this little weird kind of taboo thing that feels a little hard to talk about sometimes, you know, yeah. and you mention it in your book. And one of the things that you said that I underlined, you said growing better because of our hurt is a daily choice. And so I would love to hear you're on the other side of that. I'm on the other side of that. We're both happily married to our people that we're supposed to be married to. But that's something that can feel really hard and awkward for people to talk about. So can you talk about that a little bit about that time in your life? Yeah, I think that, you know, I am so glad that I am where I am and I wouldn't change anything. I wish I could have like gone back to my 21 year old self and like all that heartbreak. Like it's not even when you find your person, but when you are like, people say your brain matures at 25 and I was like, "Mm." but I was like, actually, yeah. (laughs) You know, and I feel like just handling things now as an almost 29 year old, I'm like, whoa, you know? And so it is crazy looking back on how I handled it and how, you know, victimized I made myself, even though I was a victim of certain things in the relationship, but like also there's been so much beauty and power being like, Hey, I wasn't healthy. You know, I think it's so easy for us, even though they might, you know, boy, girl, partner, like whoever it is, like that you're with you, they might've done things like you also really have to look at yourself and be like, who was I? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's made the healing like so much different as I've gotten older, because for so long, like it was like a victim narrative. And, you know, this is not necessarily answering your question, but I just feel like it is taboo to talk about. And I'll get into that. But like, before you even like, open up or share about it, like really check yourself. And that's Mm. something that I didn't do. And I wished I would have done for a while. And I'm doing it now because I like have seen my trauma and I'm working through that and I've seen my patterns and, you know, my codependency and things, but just, you know, if you're somebody who's going through that or, you know, have just called up your engagement or wedding, like just like check yourself before you 
create this story and this narrative that you have to like live with for a while because like you are part of it too. You know, it does take two people to tango and like be in the relationship. So just really think about yourself and how you can grow from it. But also just like thinking about like taboo, like it was really, really hard to, especially because I had an audience, not as big as I do now, but then like I had people so invested in my relationship because I shared everything and I had to like tell them. And I was like literally throwing up before I hit like post. I sat there, I was like, okay, what do I say? How do I say it? And so it was really, really hard just as a person, you know, sharing that. But also I feel like And this is like, we could do like 45 podcasts, I feel like about, but you know, like I believe, you know, that the culture, especially Christian culture, it's hard to like, not feel like you have to get married when, as soon as you meet somebody who's like a good person, you know? And so I think that just whatever kind of culture, religion that you're in, like, just make sure that you are where you're supposed to be. And, you know, getting married for the right reasons. Like I wasn't getting married for the right reasons. And so I feel like you should just check yourself. That's my point that I'm trying to say, you know, like calling it off or getting married, like just like really make sure you're ready that you, cause you can get married young. I, you know, my husband's a lot younger than me and I was really nervous about doing that, but he's ready. And I knew that, you know, and it was for the right reasons and he was healthy and emotionally mature. And I think that that's more of the point that I wish, you know, like I thought about like back then is just making sure I was ready and not the actually like calling it off and you know, how like embarrassing and hurtful that was because then it felt like that. But now I'm like, okay, I can see it for what it is, but yeah. What were the wrong reasons that you were getting married for? Because I wanted to live with the person because you're not supposed to before you're married and we were long distance. And so I was like, I mean, we dated for. So you're like, this will just be easier. Yeah. I mean, easier. And I mean, of course I loved them. I saw the future with them, but they were not healthy. I was not healthy. Like, you know, I feel like the only reason. Two unhealthy people should not be getting married. Yeah. No. And I feel like you, a lot of times, like, you know with purity culture, you want to have sex. So it's like, okay, let's go, let's go like eight months. You're nice. I'm Mm -hmm. nice. I love Jesus. Great. Let's do it. And it's like, well, okay, no, because you can both like love Jesus and like want the same things, but that doesn't mean like, you know, I had so much trauma I had to work through. Like he probably had so much trauma he needed to work through. And like, we were just not healthy, but we wanted to live together and not be long distance. And like, you know, we do like, just like, that's what, you know, at, at like church culture is like, it's, sometimes it can be unhealthy because there's not, it's just one way, but then there's like also all these other things where it's like, okay, but what now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so when you're young and you don't understand that and you just want to do the right thing, you know, you like, there's little things where it's like, oh, we want to live together, but like, okay, what about like, are mm-hmm. you guys healthy? Like, yeah. are she doing me doing this, you know? And so yeah. it was more for like those reasons, you know, where I, it was like just these things like that are important, but there were so many other things that it's like, okay, doing those things. Cause those yeah. long-term, those things are like a lot more important than just living together right. or like being able to have sex, you know? And, and that's where I just, you, when you're young, you know, you just, you don't think about that stuff unless you're like really, really mature and have your like crap together. And a lot of people don't. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't. I look you back know? and I think it is only just like the grace of God because I was young as well to be able to acknowledge the red flags that I was seeing and not just push them away. It's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like I just, I'm like, 
thank you, Lord, is all I can say is because it would have been really easy to say like, this isn't a big deal and it's going to be fine and all the things. And it takes a lot of courage for anyone, you, me, anyone else in that situation to say, I just don't think I'm ready with this. And I'm the kind of person now I lean real far into like, if you don't think you're ready, then you don't need to get married. Like, yeah, it's not even like, oh, it'll get better or late. Like you just wait, like wait a year even like just because yeah. marriage in the moment you think it's like, oh, it'll be fine. Well, I'm like the old woman here 20 years in going, well, it's not fine because it even yeah. gets harder the longer that you're married, you know? And so there's those foundations, yeah. but I was grateful that you talked about that because I too am the person that's like, man, it's a hard thing to talk about. And sometimes it doesn't get talked about because it can feel a little embarrassing. Like, oh, I can't yeah. believe that, that happened, but I'm really grateful. You know, the thing that I really, really enjoyed a lot about your book and what you're doing is just this idea of like being a kind person and spreading kindness and being encouraging. And I think a lot of that has been lost in our culture to strangers, especially. And you talked about this quote that you saw one time and it said, if I am not encouraging and inspiring others, what am I actually doing? And that I underlined that again, because it actually hit me as well and made me think about my own life. And, you know, you said that quote, when you read it really, really shook you in that moment. And so would you say something like that was like a little life altering for you? And like, what is your passion in life? And what are you going to be doing moving forward? Like that feels like this was a shift in your life when you read this and kind of move forward. Can you talk about that shift a little bit? Yeah, I think that reading that I was back on the Tumblr days and I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that I just sat with myself and I sat in that and it really changed the way like I did. And it was right before I was going to flight attendant training. And so like, it just really made me want to like really use my vulnerability and my broken and my healing and all these things to like help others, you know, because we are so beautiful, like each and every single one of us. And we have so much to offer, even if we feel like we don't. And if we can inspire and encourage others through that, like that is what we're, that's it. You know, like money doesn't matter. Like these things that like we think matter just like don't because when, even when we're like using our vulnerability and our kindness and all these things to others, like we, at least me, I have truly like, it's how I get filled up. It's how I feel like, you know, not fully like everything, but like my joy my confidence, like just comes from like, even how you're talking about, like when we share, like we feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, when we're kind and when we're, you know, doing like holding on to these beautiful, beautiful things, like our vulnerability and our like our story, and we're sharing those with people. And that's what we're like holding on to. Like we are so fulfilled because it's not something that like is phony or like can fade, you know, like with money and things. Like it's just like it's ours. Mm-hmm. And that is just so beautiful that we get to have that. That's like something that like people can't take away. And when we use it to inspire and encourage others, like it's just so fulfilling Mm. and it's so life-giving and it's so, it's just so beautiful. And I wish that, you know, I would have realized that earlier on, but I did when I did. And, you know, it really has changed the course of my life and probably how I do my job because I don't just do it to travel now. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, that's a beautiful part of it. But like there's so much more in the mundane that I get to do every day that like it's important, even if it's not like, you know, 
being being somebody big or yeah. you know it's really cool that I get to like love and inspire and encourage and give people courage through this moment I wouldn't have it any other way you know another one of the notes that you reference in here is and I don't want to mess this up she can correct me it says something like always love even if you don't understand or always to love not always understand something like that yeah always to love not always to understand yeah. And I really thought what a really good message, especially in our current culture and climate that we're in right now, because there's a lot of misunderstanding and there's a lot of, I don't really understand why you would do that or not do that. And I don't really understand these things. And the idea of loving, even when you don't understand, I think is really hard for us humans oh, um, yeah. because yeah. it doesn't make sense, but the love can trump that. And I would just love to hear like in your own personal life, how has that played out? I think that that quote is like one of the hardest things to like grasp Mm -hmm. and to truly like believe in my life. And that's why when my Mimi actually was the person that said it, it's so good, but it is so hard. And I feel like in my own personal life, my biological mom has, she was in my life a little bit growing up, but then my parents got divorced when I was six. And I just feel like that's when like my mental health started, my trauma started and like really affected me as a child. And my mom was kind of out of my life then. And I haven't talked to her now and since I've been 11. So it's been like 17 years Mm. and she's alive. She's well, she talks to my other sister. And for me, for whatever reason, like, I just, I don't know. And so that has been a cause of so much of my abandonment issues, my anxiety issues, my trauma, like And not to put the blame all on her, you know, I am working through it and I am my own person. So I have responsibility now, but to love her, even though I don't understand how, like I'm a beautiful growing human being and like, she doesn't want anything to do with me. Like that is not something that is easy to understand. I could easily be mad at her. I could easily hate her. I could easily not forgive her, but I don't have to understand, you know, Mm -hmm. as hard as it is, I do not have to understand her trauma that she hasn't worked through, you know, just like I have now, if I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have been this person. You know, I probably wouldn't have the marriage, the relationship, the guy that I have. And we don't understand where people come from. We don't understand why they do the things that they do, but I'm glad because if I had to understand everybody in that way, I would be exhausted. I would not want to be around anybody, you know? And so I don't understand my mom and why she could make the decisions that she's made, but I choose to love her. And it's really hard to forgive her daily or when I'm, you know, really having hard moments, but it only has made me more of a beautiful person. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we realize and accept and love people, and it doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, you're invited to my birthday. Like we can love people and set boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's something I had to learn, but when we can love people and not understand them, like it allows so much freedom. It allows so much joy. Mm. And it also helps us grow like so much as human beings. You know, when we have that understanding of people that we don't understand, like it helps when people are being mean at me. It helps when people are mad and angry and have an attitude. And it just, it's little moments that really like make a difference when in big moments too, like my mom, you know, that's a huge thing I deal with daily. I will deal with my marriage when I have children, when I'm mom and it's made me, you know, one of the most empathetic, loving, understanding people because of it. So yeah, I think that that's really probably the biggest way that it plays out in my life. But it also is one of the biggest like reasons I am who I am. You know, I think we have to think about that too. You know, like people's lack also makes it our game. Mm. And 
I just remember that on my hard days because some days I really don't love her. But then the next day I wake up and I say, you know what? Okay, today let's retry. And that's with all different sorts of kind of people Mm. and, you know, family members that don't believe the same thing as you. And that's really, really hard. And, you know, vice versa. So it's one of the hardest things I've learned and been told and taught. But it. When I do it good on my good days, it's so freeing. It really is. I love that. And it's something that all of us can have a part in. I mean, everyone has somebody in their life that they might not understand something about either they've done or they said or they're walking through. And it is literally, we don't know people's stories. And so there's oftentimes so much hurt in there, which makes them react that way. Taylor, I'm really proud of the work that you put into this book. And it's beautiful words from the window seat, the everyday magic of kindness, courage, and being your true self. I'd love to know, what are you loving these days and what are you reading? So we just drove from LA to Arkansas. So it's like 24 hours. Oh my gosh. I know. I know we have the cutest dog in the whole wide world and we just did it. We will be buying tickets next year, but we were driving and I was like, okay, I've already edited vlogs. I've already done me. I've already done all these things. I just like, I just read like four books. Like I just, what am I going to do? And so we stopped at a Walmart in the middle of nowhere and I got a crossword puzzle book. And then when we got here, it was like kind of like a, not a really good one. And so I got a, I can never, I don't my know how to say it either, me. but I know what you're saying. Did you go? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I never want to get on my phone. It's all I can think about. I'm obsessed with it. I do it when I go to bed. It's like life changing. And it's like, okay, they're there, you know, whatever, but I just get so determined to solve them. And I am obsessed with them. It's my new thing. I'm like a crossword influencer now. Like I just, I love it. It's all I can think about. You know what? It's going to keep your brain healthy. Yeah, I'm trying. You know, I was thinking the other day we were in the car when we were driving. I was like, if you ask me what's five divided by 78, like, do I do? I know how to do it, but it's like, okay, do I do the five into the seven first or the eight? Like I couldn't. I'm like, I need to get it together. I don't even know how to do math. Even though it's like important to my daily life. Like I just want to, my brain needs to like. A little work. I know. Yeah. I've been out of high school for 10 years now. I didn't go to college. I don't remember anything. So I was like, you know what? We need to do something. We all want to be off of our phone. That's like a goal for everybody. And so it's really, really helped. So that's something I'm obsessed with. I love it. My new thing. And then I just got a whole bunch of books from, I use this app called Libby. It's really amazing. You can get a library card online and you plug your library card into Libby and then you can wait in line for books and it will deliver to your phone or to your Kindle. So it's a really good, sometimes you have to wait a long time, but it's like nice because for those like rom-com books, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to read that once. I don't want to read that again. Yeah, for sure. It's like, so it's nice to like for books like that, you know, that you know, you're not going to pick up a lot. And so I just got a whole bunch from the library, but I've heard really good things about this book called The Love Hypothesis. It's like a TikTok, like rom-com. Okay. So I just literally just got that this morning and okay. I'm starting, but Colleen Hoover always and forever. She's the best. She's about to come up with a new book in January, but I'm a huge reader. So I read a lot and you just caught me on a day where I'm just starting a new book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on. And you know what? The coolest thing that would ever happen in my life is if you were my flight attendant on a flight. And so one day- I would love it. I'm just going to give you my airline number and you can just check in and see where I am and get on some of my flights. That'd be so fun. We would have a blast. I would like put you on the car and like have you pick up. <laughs> yes, like, she's so a flight great. attendant in training. Oh, we'll, we'll speak it into existence maybe one day. Maybe it will happen. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the happy hour. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Happy Hour.